Welcome to the Try Self Love Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Barber, and I'm a master life and loss coach. And I'm your host, Kristen Dicker. I'm a mental wellness coach. The term self-love can be misleading, but we're here to set the record straight. Each episode, we will help you to make self-love more accessible in your day-to-day life. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Try Self Love Podcast. I'm Kristen, and I'm here with my friend and fellow coach, Julia Pontio, today. Um, I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Julia, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Um, I'm just so excited to jump into this because I know what you're going to have to tell us is going to be amazing. Let me go ahead and just tell our audience about your, you know, what your bio is and introduce you a little bit that way. And then we'll jump into the question. Okay. So Julia is a body relationship coach, as well as a health coach specializing in transitioning to a whole food plant-based diet. She has a background in speech therapy, which awakened her love for neurology and opened the path for developing a true fascination for the human body. She is now helping women all over the world to heal their relationships to their bodies, ditch dieting and use food as an instrument that works for them, not against them. I love that. It's like short and sweet and to the point. I really love that. Okay. Well, you and I have spoken in the past because just so you all know, she is a friend of mine that I met when we did a, uh, our health coaching program. And then she coached me and um, I'm just going to say it probably 15 times during this whole interview that she's an amazing coach. She truly helped me with so many areas of my own health and life for that matter. And I just really uh, just love her. And I just think everyone should love her and have her as a coach. So give her a call. We'll give you the info later. (laughs) But we have talked in the past. A reason why, one of the reasons why I coached with you is because you helped me with my own body self-love. And so you have come a a long way with your own body self-love. And I'm just wondering, how did you fall in love with your body? Because that's something that I think is very hard for a lot of us to do. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for the compliments. I can only give that back because Kristen helped me through a lot too. Kristen is an amazing coach herself, um, helped me connect a lot of my shadow parts and bring it into my awareness and help it integrate. So um, I think we were very helpful for each other. I have a really long history with my body. I um, grew up in a very safe home, so very safe, protected environment in, in a very small town in northern Germany. And I'm very blessed with my family, amazing parents, great, great sister. Um, my first problems really with body image and that really were kind of like my only problems because again, I had a really amazing childhood. It, it all started when people started commenting on my weight and started comparing me to my um, sister. My sister was really skinny. I was more on the chubby side. Really, really cute, I have to say. <laughs> really chubby cheeks and uh, maybe a few pounds um, extra weight. And that was about when I was, I think, eight years old when that all started. And then when I was 12, I started my first diet, which makes me a cringe so bad right now and made me feel really awkward because, you know, you're about to hit puberty. And your body is changing so much, going through a lot. Yeah, I mean, the least thing you should do in that moment is to um, take away energy from your body. Um, But I didn't know better. My mom didn't know better. My mom grew up 
very skinny herself and so when she was getting older she always wanted to keep um that weight and so she was dieting herself a lot my grandma always dieting so it kind of was normal for me and until i was 22 i i was dieting on and off um drifting further and further away from the connection to my body and then with 22 years old, I was preparing for my final exams in speech therapy. I started my first and luckily last really extreme diet. I was already very stressed due to the final exams and the preparations. And for the very first time in my life, I started working out consistently um, in a high intensity style and then restricting my calorie intake to not more than 1,600 calories a day. And that kept going for about eight months. And then I, I, I mean, I lost about 18 pounds. I lost my period. I developed hormonal acne. I had to cut my hair from chest length to neck length, which was horrible for me. My hair was just so damaged, but I always wanted to have very long hair. Yeah, just mentally in a very, very dark place, um, not being able to see any progress, still seeing myself the way I looked eight months prior. Um, I was developing something called body dysmorphia, where I just couldn't see my body correctly. People would tell me uh, that I had lost so much weight. They w would cheer me on, congratulate me on my willpower. And so I wanted to keep going. And I wanted to go until every single fat cell on my body would disappear. Um, but before I was able to do that, luckily I moved to Australia. And that's where I started binge eating. So quite the opposite of what I did before. For everyone who doesn't know binge, what binge eating is, I was basically consuming a lot of food in a very short amount of time without any way of stopping me. I was usually within 15 minutes, uh, a, a chocolate bar, maybe one or two bags of chips, uh, gummy bears, licorice. And I developed the strategy that when I always got something out of each category, so I got salty, I got sweet, I got candies, so that when I was sick and tired of one thing, I could continue going with the other thing. And that kept going for about four years. It was a really, really hard time for me and for my body as well, emotionally and physically. And then I moved to California. I started my health coaching uh, training, and that's when things really started changing. I got uh, very deep into self-development, mindset work. That's kind of, that laid the foundation for where I am today, and I can't really say that pretty much not until January, February this year, I was able to 100% say I, I really, truly love me and my body unconditionally. And the most important thing, the most important mindset shift that helped me getting there was to realize that having unconditional love for someone, for something, for whatever, is not a destination that you need to reach or that you will suddenly reach um, once you accomplish the goals you set for yourself. I mean, I think we've all been there in a situation where 
we think that once I lose the 10 pounds or once I get rid of the acne, I will be able to love myself. And then we reach that point and there still was something in the way. There was still something that made us feel was wrong about ourselves. And we never kind of reached that destination. And what I always tell my clients is that it's not a fictive destination that you one day suddenly miraculously reach. You wake up and you're like, I love my body. No, it's really a lot of reprogramming that needs to be done. And it's a decision. To love your body is a decision you make every single day until it becomes second nature for you, until you don't have to work on that mindset anymore, until you really realize, oh man, I really love that body. I really love that body for what it is. Not about the looks, because honestly, I'm not 100% in love with my looks all the time, but that's important to understand because your body is not your looks. Your body is so much more than your looks. Your, Your looks are just the outer layer to your body. And so that really is is the key here to understand it's a decision, a conscious decision you make and you are in control of. That's important to understand here because thinking that it's a, you're, that loving your body is kind of um, reliant on reaching a specific point takes away the power from you. And making understanding that you have the conscious decision to make gives you all the power back and that's important here another really important aspect is to educate yourself on your body's physiology and anatomy to understand why your body is doing the things that it's doing because that helps you get out of the victim mindset you know, I always felt betrayed by my body, thinking that I had to fight my body. My body was my enemy and the thing that needed to be, de- to be defeated. I couldn't trust my body. I couldn't listen to it when it signaled me I'm hungry. I was like, no, not five hours has passed by, so I can't be hungry. I can't eat right now. And I w- I'd rather listen to somebody telling me that I had to, to wait five hours between meals than listening to to my body. And so, you know, when I said that I had such damaged hair that I had to cut it when I, uh, when I was losing so much weight, right. In that moment, it was heartbreaking for me because I, like I said, I always wanted to have very long hair, but now I understand that it actually was a protection a mechanism that my body did out of love for me, out of fear that that I might die because I'm only eating 1600 calories a day. And that is, so our body is extremely smart, right? So it can differentiate where the nutrients and the calories go. And when I was limiting my nutrients and calorie intake so much, my body decided that it would provide my vital organs, my heart, my lungs, my uh, kidneys, everything I needed to survive um, with these nutrients. And to cut off the supply to my hair, to my nails, to my skin. And now I understand, (laughs) you know, I was the abuser in this situation. I was the reason why I lost my period, why I developed the hormonal acne, why I had damaged hair. And my body was signaling me this whole time, you know, Julia, something was wrong here, but I wouldn't listen because I was just so trapped in this mindset. 
that I had to look a certain way. And then, you know, that, that I would say are two of the most important things. It, it true, they truly were a game changer for me when it came to loving myself. Wow, that's a great story. And I bet it's very, very relatable to other people listening, because I think a lot of us go by this belief that we have to, you know, cut our calories to a restrictive level and, Mm -hmm. you know, punish ourselves to, in order to, that's punishing ourselves. So, you know, what you just explained sounds like punishment Mm -hmm. Um, and your body was doing what it needed to do to keep you alive, but yeah, it couldn't give you the extra nutrients for the other aspects that weren't really necessary for your survival. Um, so I love that you, you know, you went through like the deprivation and then the binging. So you went through that cycle of like making sure you starved. And then your body was like, no, now we're going to hoard because you're putting yourself in the situation where now I, as your body needs to make sure you don't die. So we're going to eat, eat, eat. And you're gonna have all these cravings for sugar and salt and everything because you know, even if it's, it's not the right nutrition necessarily, it's something, right? It's some food. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so now that you have had this experience and you've sort of come around to this place, I'm going to say around because I'm, I'm sure when we're little and we're born, before the programming comes in, we do love ourselves and we love our bodies. We eat what we need to eat. We eat when we're supposed to eat, when we're hungry. We don't mm-hmm question it. We don't try to deprive it. So you you've come around full circle in that way, yep. you know? And, um, so now that you're in this new space, what does it feel like, or what kind of sensations do you feel or mental awareness do you have that lets you know that you are in love with your own body? Um, two things actually. So the first um the the mental awareness that i have is i'm free i i have i've I've reached the point of ultimate freedom in my opinion um and an experience that i want to share that really i think describes that feeling of freedom really well is it happened a few months ago when i was driving to my pottery class and I realized that my hair was completely wet. I didn't put any makeup on and I didn't care. I I was so um, focused on learning a new skill and getting to know new people. And five years ago, even three, two years ago, it would have freaked me out to arrive there looking like I just stepped out of the shower, literally. Um, and that's the thought that hit me in that moment was when I decided to love my body, I set myself free. And what I mean with this freedom is that I, I can let go of the unnecessary things and focus on what's really important. And I give myself the opportunity to show my true colors, my authentic self. And I give the other person the person that I'm going to meet, the opportunity to get to know the real person, my personality, the things that make me me. And I think that's one of the biggest gifts we can give a stranger, really, in a world that became so fake, in a world where everyone 
wants to look like Kim Kardashian, literally. Um, and then you ask about sensations. Uh, another really important part of my journey, which was in January, February, what I said earlier, when I really had this moment where I, I knew I, I love my body, was, um, you know, a part of my training is to um, use a lot of affirmation work to kind of uh, rewire your brain into into starting to be, really believe that you love yourself, that you love your body for what it is. And I was doing it. I had a bad body image day. And um, I was stretching and repeating these affirmations. And then suddenly... Um, this huge wave of guilt overcame me and I started crying. I wrapped my arms around my legs and I just started crying and apologized over and over again to my body. And it became sort of a outer body experience because <clears throat> what I felt in this moment, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but have you ever watched the, the movie Pocahontas? So um, she she is this this um, Native American princess, right? And she always goes to um, to this oak tree, this really old oak tree, for advice. And what I felt in this moment it was that my body was was symbolizing this, this oak tree, and I was there on my knees crying and even though I was wrap, wrapping my arms around my legs it felt like my body was holding me and I in that moment I just felt this huge unconditional love from my body and with that I, I felt the unconditional love back it was a beautiful experience that I had and in that moment I uh, I had so much guilt <clears throat> for for being the abuser in this relationship. It was like facing everything that I did in the past, understanding that I did wrong, I did so wrong to my body. And my body was there the whole time, loved me. Even though I was fighting it, it, it uh, kept loving me, um, providing for me, respecting me, protecting me. Um, and kind of being this oak tree this whole time, being so wise and understanding that, you know, she's not there yet. She isn't loving me yet, but maybe one day she will. And holding the space the whole time. And it was the first time in my life that I felt that I, that I could understand it. Um, and I still feel guilty about that. Um, but I never went back. You know, even when I... When I have a bad body image day now, I, I go back to that moment. I connect with that moment. And I'm just so grateful for this body and everything it, uh, it did for me. That's huge. I mean, that's such a wonder. I love that story because it's just such a perfect way of explaining how you finally realized that you were the one betraying your body rather than it was betraying you. Like our bodies keep us alive. 
no matter mm-hmm. how much we put them through, they'll find a way to keep us alive until they just can't. And mm-hmm. I just love that story. And I love what you said about the mindset work and the uh, programming changing, um, you know, getting to the root of why we, you know, the beliefs we have about ourselves that contribute to why we, you know, sabotage ourselves or the unworthiness we feel or not feeling good enough or whatever is at the root of our own personal experience is often what drives our motivation in um, choosing to comfort ourselves or overeat or undereat or whatever we want to do. Plus then we have, we want the world to think we're, we're good enough, right? So we wear the makeup, the jewelry, we have the best bodies. And then all along, we're just sort of ignoring what our body actually needs and, you know, kind of hating ourselves in the meantime. So, you know, I love what you said about that, because at the root of that is the whole self-worth issue that when we figure out what those beliefs are, and then we uproot them and change them, then we can have a whole new experience. So what do you think you do differently now than you did before you loved your body? Oh, um, pretty much everything. Um, I don't put all the responsibility for my health on my body. I know that I have to provide my body with the nutrients, with basically everything, the sleep, working out, giving my body healthy whole foods so that my body can do its job properly. Um, I, I see ourselves as a team. We, we support each other the best way possible. And it's not that only one of us is responsible for it all. It's, it's like a marriage, really. Um, we, we are, yeah, we're, we're a team. I love that. And I, I feel the, um, the sincerity you have around that. I mean, a lot of us could say, oh, I, I love my body and I love that we're a team. Mm. And then you don't really feel the truth in that. But you, when you speak it, I, I can tell that you've been through enough and had so much awareness about yourself and mm. you've, you've actually done some trial and error and worked on some deeper things. And now you really are in that state. It's like a love is a state of being. And, you know, when you embody that presence and that love for yourself, it's, it's like, you comes out of your skin, you know, <laughs> just as you're, you're in it. Right. And I, I feel that from you in, in a big way. And, um, I think that's really amazing. It's, it's something we all aspire to in, in one way or the other, but we don't always know how to get there. So um, and I appreciate that you have gotten there and that you're continuing to like work at it. Cause you know, it is one of those things that's processed, but it doesn't sound like you're going to go back to the way it was before. Cause at least you have some new habits in place. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I will never go back to a place where I hate my body or where I don't understand um, what my body is doing for me. That doesn't mean that the thoughts that you have, since they're so ingrained in your brain, don't still come up, but you have the skills by now to work on them. You know, like I said, when when I have a bad body image day, I remind myself of everything my body is doing. I give myself a hug. I re- literally wrap my arms around my um, my legs, and I I shake from one side, move from one side to the other one, and kind of comforting my body, because what we don't understand is our body stores our emotions, and whatever we experience, whatever emotions we go through our body experiences too. And 
as long as you're in this mindset, you're having this mindset that you have to fight your body, that your body is um, against you, your body is in scarcity. Your body is scared that it will go, that you will go back to starvation mode, dieting. And dieting literally is starvation. It doesn't matter if it's just minus 200 calories or minus 1000 calories. Your body needs a specific amount of energy every single day. And sometimes even more, sometimes a little less. It depends. It's fluctuating. Nothing. We're not a robot. Your body is not a machine. So um it's just <laughs> the important thing to point out is that it's like with any other addiction or with any other experience you have in your life especially living in this kind of society that is so uh focused on looks you will always have times where you you doubt yourself or where you feel like i'm not good enough i i have too many roles or I have cellulite, but the important thing is the skill set that you have to deal with it and, and what you do in these moments to soothe yourself and your body so that, you know, I actually have another experience that I want to share that was so powerful. I was recording a reel um, and just wanted to share on my Instagram what I do in moments of a bad body image day. And I was recording with a song that went viral and it was like this um, version of it where it says A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I love you still, blah, blah, blah. And whenever I hit the recording button, I started crying and I felt like my body was like so um, emotional about it because my body, I can still feel it's getting better and better, but my body is still um, afraid that I go back to the state of hating it and depriving it. And so when I was repeating these words that um, I love you still, and you know, I always will till the end of time, I won't change my mind. I felt this relief in my body, like the sigh of relief, like, thank God she still loves me. And I still um, get emotional when I talk about this. I get goosebumps. I, I get tears in my eyes um, because I feel this connection to my body so much now that um, there is no separation anymore. And I can feel the harm I, I did to my body. And so when my body is upset, I can feel it very, very much. And um, just reminding myself in these days and reminding my body, I still love you. I know I have toxic thoughts going on in my mind right now, but I still love you and it's not going to change. And I will love you always, no matter what. That's going to make me cry. Every time I'm in session with someone where I'm doing body image work and I'm trying to explain how much your body does our bodies do for us even just being you know appreciating what our elbow does you know or mm. you know the fact that our legs keep us walking you know just or whatever the good thing is that our body's doing it always brings tears to my eye because eyes because I have punished my body as well and gosh where would we be without our bodies and, and how grateful must you know we be um when our bodies 
deliver every single day. Yeah. And even when we lose body parts to disease or something bad happens, you know, it's harder then to appreciate it. But then there are times where you can say, well, at least I can still write or, you know, I can still see, you know, just appreciating or even being neutral about your body can help, you know, get you over that hump. But I really love that, that you have such an appreciation for where you've been and where your body's been and that sure, it's going to take some time. So for your body to trust you and the emotions that it has stored and then that sort of that trauma that's been inflicted on it is still going to take some time for it to really trust. But it sounds like your relationship is just growing with your body. And it is, it's like a relationship with a child or a partner or anything where you have to like be in communication with it and have a relationship with it. Right. Yes. 100%. It's um, and I feel like my body and I are at a very, very good um, place right now. Um, it's just that when there are situations where um, that, that remind my body of the past, it, it's getting into the scarcity that they want to hoard. When I don't eat enough throughout the day, I can tell, whoops, I, uh, my body is trying to, to binge here right now. But I'm not. I'm just giving my body more than than it's asking for in that moment or in the amount that it's asking for. And then, then it's good. And then it's satisfied. That's really key. I mean, I, I love that because that's just showing how aware you are, what your body needs and you're, you're giving yourself permission to have a little extra in that moment and like really just help it feel like loved and supported without going over the edge into the binging like you used to do. Right. Um, and maybe sometimes you do still, I mean, again, it's a process and it's always progress over perfection. So, you know, we're not going to necessarily get it right. The first 20 million times, I'm just <laughs> you know, the first many times it's, it's going to take practice. Right. Yeah. And luckily, um, I'm not binging anymore at all because even that was a process that I had to go through to understand that, my body doesn't want to binge either. It's just the scarcity, right? So in that moment when I'm overeating so much, it's actually really painful. I was overeating so bad that I could see the veins on my on my stomach coming up. And um, it, it, it was a hell of a lot of pain that I put my body through. And I know that my body doesn't want it. So it's just this, the scarcity. And if I give my body more in that situation, my body is peaceful and it doesn't want to binge in that uh, moment. So that's why it's so important to give your body what it, what it's asking for in that situation, because it's going to keep pushing. It's not going to give up. <laughs> and the body always wins, you know, you, your body yep. will always win, especially if you're in a scarcity mentality, it'll force you into eating a lot more because it, it knows best. Honestly, like let's respect our bodies. It, our bodies are here for a reason. They know better than, you know, social media or <laughs> yeah. the models or the people out there who say, you know, you're only worth worthy and lovable if you're this size, you know, negative 20 or something. And that's, that's unfortunately not, I mean, fortunately it's not true, but unfortunately we think it's true that we have to earn love by being a certain size or look a certain way. And certainly it's not healthy to be, you know, binging and overweight, right. You know that, but, you know, find the, the middle ground where you can walk in a space where you can say, you know what? I'm doing my best. You know, we're doing our best. I'm not overeating. I'm not you know, excessively overweight where I'm unhealthy, but I'm not starving myself where I'm 
excessively over, I mean, um, unhealthy as well. Right. So find the, the middle ground and, you know, toward the end of this, uh, conversation, I want to ask you about your top three tips to improve your relationship to your body, unless you want to talk about it now. Um, but if you want to wait for that, we can, what do you want to do? Do you want to tell us that now, or would you like to wait? Sure. We, we can talk about that now. Um, I, I pretty much already um, said most of it earlier. So when it comes to mindset work, the most important thing is to understand the law for your body is not a destination you need to reach. It's a decision you make day by day until it becomes your second nature. And then educate yourself. I, I really, this is so important to educate yourself on your body's language and, your, and why your body's doing the thing it's doing. That's really the key for a healthy relationship with your body that's, that's um, relying on, on trust. Um, I like to compare that to a healthy marriage. You know, I'm from Germany. My husband is U.S. American. If I never learned to speak English, there would be no way for us to have a, have a healthy uh, communication. And that's the same with your body. If you don't understand what your body is trying to tell you, if you don't understand your body's signs, your body's cues, there's no way you guys will have a healthy communication. And without a healthy communication, there won't be trust. So really educate yourself on your body's uh, physiology. And if that is overwhelming, I'm here. <laughs> Shameless plug. I <laughs> That's a big part of my program. Um, it's called Whole. And I put a lot of emphasis. I'll share all of my research. I share everything that I went through, that I had to heal, all the mindset work that you basically have to go through in order to have this healthy relationship. You know, things that I shared earlier, why my body um, shared all this, this hair, why my hair was so damaged. You will understand why your body did all these things, how to communicate with your body. Really, I can't say this enough. This is so, so important. Without a healthy communication, there's no such thing as a healthy relationship, whether it's with your friend, with your husband, or your body, or your child. And um, then when it comes to the whole food plant-based diet, which is also a part of, um, of my program, um, you will learn how to literally cut out the crap. And crap in this uh, scenario is an acronym. It stands for calorie-rich and processed food. Because as long as you are feeding your body an ultra-processed diet, you're not feeding your body, you're feeding the connection to your body. It's, it's, it's simple as that. If you, you know, this, this food that most of us are consuming right now is not meant for us, for our body. Literally, our body is not designed to process these foods. It's, it's not providing nutrients. It's way too much calorie, way too much fat, way too much sugar. So it's messing up our chemicals, our hormones. And so our body is so confused that it's going to send us the wrong signals. And that's the least thing that you want to, want to have um, when, when you want to have a healthy relationship with your body. So I would say those are the three um, most important um, tips I, I would share with, with uh, the audience today. 
Oh, that's wonderful. I love it. I, and we're just we're about to pivot into this part about um, the ultra processed foods. Um, <laughs> but I just want to say that as a little segue, you know, you've coached me on the body image and the plant-based foods. And honestly, it, it, it was wonderful coaching. And I love the education you give in your coaching. And, you know, you clearly know so much about this topic, both of these topics, you know, but they combined into one. And I just want to say for personally, I, in, in coming into my true self-love for myself, it's like you figure out what's best for your body in terms of everything. Right. But, but with regard to diet, um, so I'm just having a little bit of like this awareness lately that I, I want to add more plants into my diet. I mean, of course we all know we should eat more plants. <laughs> no, as we all know that, but I actually decided to, um, sign up with purple carrot, which is a delivery service, a food delivery service. And it's kind of pricey, but you know, I figured it out, you know, I can, I can budget it. Right. And, um, and they send you the food and you can make it or they can send it frozen. But anyway, I am going to be starting it next week and I'm excited to try it and just see how it goes and see how my body responds. And, um, I just, all of a sudden, you know, it's like all of a sudden you you're on this pathway in your brain of like creating better habits and having, you know, doing the mindset work, doing the belief work where all of a sudden you truly do love yourself and you're so connected to yourself intuitively that you start to know what's best for you. And it's such a, sh- a shuttle, a, such a subtle <laughs> shift that you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I guess all of a sudden I'll just eat more plants. You know, like, it's just like, okay. Like, you know, before it was like, Oh, I'll just eat this whole bag of potato chips and that'll be dinner. You know, that's, I didn't really ever do that too much, but you know, Technically, I wasn't eating as healthy as I am trying to now, but I didn't even have any desire to. And I think there was this sort of addiction going on with the processed foods. And I know we're going to talk about that. And uh, I'm I'm excited to hear what you have to say about that. But I just wanted to clarify that, like the self-love itself, you know, sometimes we do things in an attempt to love ourselves, like we'll set boundaries or we'll diet, right? We'll go on a hardcore diet and we'll be restrictive because we think that's the way to love ourselves, right? Like you were saying, when I'm this, I'll be happy, right? And unfortunately that sabotages us because of our brain and the things it does. But when you have a state of loving yourself first and you are filled up with your own, you fill your own cup or whatever with the love, then you naturally choose better. You have more choice. When I was eating the, the junk food more, I didn't feel like I had choice. So could you speak to that a little bit about why you like to educate people on the ultra processed foods and what's, what's the deal with that? Yes, absolutely. We'll, we'll get into that. But before we say, uh, we go there Two things that were really important that you just said. And first of all, I'm so proud of you, Kristen. I really am. I have goosebumps literally, <laughs> you know, our way. And I, um, so the the first thing that you said that is really important is that you said that you're trying out this delivery service and that it's pricey, but that you figured it out. And that is the important thing here because, you know, when you truly love your body, you'll find ways to eat healthy. You will find ways to get in the workout. You know, when I was studying for my bachelor, I got up at four o'clock in the morning because 
working hours was important for me, but I had to get the train at 5.30. So you make it work. And the other really important thing that you said is literally that, that, you know, when, when you um, have this awareness, this love for your body, everything else falls into place. That's why it's so important that you start with the mindset work, that you, you that you, you know, rewire your brain. And I like to com- compare these pathways in your brain that send these signals that have your negative, that stimulate your negative thought pattern with a trail you walk on every day and you need to stop walking this trail because when you walk it every single day what do you do you literally engrave a pathway the grass won't stop you will literally see see the mud and no grass will come you will have to give the pathway the the opportunity to let the grass grow again so you can't walk this path any any longer and create new pathways with positive thoughts and when you have these loving thoughts and it became a habit for you to think i don't hate myself i love my body my body is amazing my body is always doing what's best for me then you can start working on your diet and you it the important thing is that you're not following a whole food plant-based diet because it's it's a trend and it might make you help you to look slim or lose some extra weight sure it never it never hurts to lose some extra weight but it has to be sustainable so and and the thing is when you're doing it out of love for something it's sustainable if you're doing it just to look a certain way, you sooner or later will give up if you don't see the results, right? So that was extremely important and I wanted to point that out. So really, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. You've helped me so much. And just your coaching alone is just so amazing. It's just so, you're just so like non-judgmental and, you know, you're so there. There's just, uh, just such a great feeling. You're just, you just make people feel this had made me feel, I'm sure it's everyone too. Um, <laughs> just very like accepted where, where I am. And, you know, you didn't try to push the, the plant, the whole food plant-based diet on me. I always get that wrong. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I know that's an important aspect for you, but you know, you kind of slowed it down for me. Cause you were like, okay, she's not necessarily ready. And I think that alone is huge. You know, for you to be able to hold space where I was at, help me come to the own just my own decisions, but truly I I could have just done plant-based diet. I could have just done it, but and I tried it. But without that self-love and the in my my why for doing it, for me it wasn't enough. You know, I, I love animals. I have four of them. I have a farm at my house, but you know, I still don't connect the dots on like what it does to our animals and things like that because you know, I have other beliefs about that. But, but still, I think just, you know, having the awareness of what is good for my body is, is great. And then maybe the other aspects of like, you know, supporting animals will come into play for me. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not always just like, so, you know, it's not so easy for us to just stop eating meat when we've been conditioned to eat it, you know, and whether it's right or wrong, it's still hard. 
it's hard for people to change, right? 100%. That's where the critical brain comes into play, right? And I know you you talk about this um, often on your podcast, so your listeners will know what the critical brain is. Mm -hmm. But but we want to make sure during coaching that we don't overwhelm the critical brain. And so a, um, a drastic change oftentimes is not the right way to go about um, self-love or a, a new diet. Um, and that's why most of diets uh, fail. And luckily they fail because they're simply not sustainable. Um, but I think that's why it's so important to, to have a coach because they know exactly what the critter brain is. They know exactly what triggers them. They know exactly the signs when a, sh um, a client show that the, the critter brain is, is coming up and they know how to intervene and, and support the client the best way possible in that moment. But to, um, to get into the, um, the highly processed diet and why I'm so passionate about it, um, you actually said one thing about it already. You could not um, give up eating those, those sorts of foods. And it's simply because those foods are highly addictive. Um, but reason number one in general, I would say, is the health concerns of course, um, that are attached to obesity, uh, overweight. One third of the U.S. American population right now is obese, meaning that they're not only overweight, but overweight in a way that it has really serious health concerns for them, like type 2 diabetes, um, high blood pressure, strokes, heart attacks, um, even cancers, all these things that will make us die prematurely. And the ultra-processed diet is very, very close, con connected to obesity. Um, and then, of course, as the body relationship coach that I am, I am concerned about the connection that you have to your body. And like I said earlier, it's going to mess up the communication between you and your body when you're feeding your body things that are not meant to go into your body they mess up the brain chemical uh, chemistry and hormones in um in your body so there was this documentation done with a british doctor and he committed to eating a ultra processed diet for four weeks, meaning that 80% of his uh, daily calorie intake came from ultra processed foods. And what they found in his blood after four weeks is an increase of 30% in his hunger hormones and a decrease in his satiety hormones, meaning that even though he was stuffed, he was physically full, he kept eating because his body thought that he was still hungry. He, the body was still signaling him, you know, you didn't have enough. We, we need more. And that's what I, what I think is so um, frustrating for the body. And it's also really mean to the body. You know, we, we, set, up, we set our bodies up for failure. And um, in the end, blame our bodies. No, I can't stop eating this. And why can't I stop eating this? Why is my body always making me eat this kind of food? No, it's not. It's not your body. In a way, it is. But it's because of it's a it's a result of what you're eating. And then and the second really important thing that they found in his brain scan is that 
his brain created new pathways. And I just talked about pathways and how I see them and how they come to life. The more you do something, the more likely it is that you are um, going to show a habit, that you form a habit out of it, a repetitive behavior. And that's exactly what happened. This diet linked his reward system to an area in his, la- in his, in his life, in his uh, brain, actually, that um, represents automatic behavior and um, a habit, a habit formation. So literally following this diet created a new habit. And even if he wasn't consciously thinking about it, this habit made him eat um, these thoughts of food over and over again. So you can see um, those are those two are very important aspects already when it comes to ultra-processed diet. But the last thing that I want to mention, especially for the U.S. American listeners, because I know that you know the free will and the rights here in the U.S. are very ingrained in the people. They're very proud of their free speech, their free rights. And so when it comes to an ultra-processed diet, and the government trying to uh, regulate how much trans fats or um, sugars go into a specific food. The food industry acts pretty sneaky and trying to manipulate people into thinking that the government is trying to restrict their free will. You know, like, let the people eat whatever they want to eat. They should have the ability to, to choose But the thing is, these foods are highly addictive. And when it comes to addiction, there is no such thing as free will. It's like saying to a person that's addicted to heroin, oh, just let him walk into that room full with heroin. He should have the possibility to choose. No, he would never do that because you know he's very addicted to these foods and they mess up the the body. Um, And so... I think that that's just simply important to understand that there is no such thing as free will when it comes to these kind of foods. And something I want to mention, you know, we, we all know that nicotine is very addictive. People continue to smoke, even though we all see these really alarming pictures on the cigarette packages and know that it's, it's, it leads to cancer and destruction of the body. But it's so addictive that they can't stop and speed so and with speed i mean how fast the substance um, gets into our brain after we consume it has a big impact on the likelihood whether we get hooked whether we get addicted to a substance or not and sugar has um from the moment it hits the the um the tongue till it hits our reward system and with that releases all these feel-good chemicals into our body, um, it only goes a little bit more than half a second goes by until it hits the reward system. That's 20 times faster than nicotine. And the interesting thing about how these ultra-processed foods are created, you know, the food industry has literally scientists that create the perfect ratio of sugar and fat and salt to get you hooked 
because that means that people will buy it over and over again. And all they really care about is unfortunately the money and not really your health. And so the interesting thing is that sugar hits the reward system through the, the tongue, through the taste buds. Fat hits the brain through the roof of the mouth, through different pathways. So it stimulates the brain from two different angles. And then salt comes on top of that. And the brain loves information. And so the brain is like, woo, where's all this good stuff coming from? And it saves this memory and it, it knows this made me feel really, really good. So I want this again. And there you have created the addiction. So again, free will when it comes to these kind of foods is a fiction. Oh, that's so fascinating. So interesting because you're right. I mean, that makes a lot of sense that you'd be addicted just like you'd be addicted to drugs and lots of things, right? Like your brain just gets all this stimulation and it feels really good to it until of course it turns on us, right? Because no, nothing that we're really addicted to that's not good for us eventually is not our best friend anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So um, eventually you'll have the health consequences from eating those kinds of foods and um, not being able to get out of that cycle. So, so what advice would you give our listeners today regarding determining what processed foods are okay and which aren't? It's mm, pretty simple. You know, eat the whole foods. Don't mm. eat parts of the whole food, eat the whole food. It was meant for us to eat, be eaten completely. Uh, when you go um, grocery shopping, you know, the whole grocery shopping is a trap, set you up set you up for failure for buying these ultra processed foods, right? So um, stick to the fresh produce aisles, stay away from the middle aisles. That's where usually all the unnecessary crap uh, is lingering around but you know well humans and if we end up going into the middle aisles which i do too um just make sure that when you read the ingredients list the list is as short as possible you want to be able to understand the ingredients that go into into these products you know you don't want artificial flavors and all these gum and preservatives your body doesn't need that you know it's just um another uh way of of hitting your pleasure buttons and um you know when when you read um the number behind uh added sugars that should be as close to zero as possible same goes for trans fats and saturated fats okay well what about sweeteners what do you think about like um artificial sweeteners yeah, are there any that are good for you or okay? No, um, actually not at all. So when it comes to the aspect of the relationship to your body, it still keeps you in the mindset of, I have to trick my body. I'm tricking my body. I'm pretending like I'm giving my body something sweet right now, but in the end, I'm, I'm not. Research has shown that the only non-toxic zero-calorie sweetener out there that 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 exists out there right now uh, or at least that isn't really harmful to your body is erythritol and really two very interesting studies that show how messed up this whole zero calorie sweetener uh, creation is is number one they um, gave the subjects of the uh, study um, 
either a zero calorie sweetener, I, I believe it was stevia and monk fruit, or um, white refined table sugar. And what they did, they were um, then observing what happened to the blood sugar levels. And of course, immediately after they consumed the um, the refined table sugar, the blood sugar spiked. The blood sugar did not spike immediately when they were consuming the zero calorie sweeteners, but when they ate lunch or when they ate the next meal, the exact same thing happened to the blood sugar levels to the people that were consuming the zero calorie sweeteners as compared to the people that were consuming the white sugar. So in the end, there's no difference. It just doesn't happen immediately. It just happens with the second meal. Then the second study that was really interesting. And um, by the way, if you want to, to learn more about this, uh, I highly recommend Michael, uh, Dr. Michael Greger. It's all in his book. I read it in there. Um, the other study that he was referring to is a study that um, wh where they gave um, the people either some water with lemon, some Sprite or some zero, what's it called? Sprite zero, Sprite zero. And then after that, they offered the um, people to either have some M&Ms another water or some sugar-free gum. And the people that were drinking the Sprite Zero were three times more likely to consuming um, the M&Ms or to go after the M&Ms. And the explanation here is that the brain senses an imbalance after you know, feeling the sweetness on the tongue, it's expecting a lot of glucose to be hitting the brain soon. But because it's a zero calorie sweetener, there was no glucose hitting the brain. And the brain is like, excuse me, where's the, where's the glucose? So there's no glucose coming. So I'm going to keep sending that I want more of it. And so the people went after the M&Ms uh, three times more likely than the other people. So yeah, if you want to, you know, I understand if you don't want to go after the white refined sugar, I don't do that either. The best um, sweeteners out there to this point are black molasses and date sugar. But I'm also using um, coconut sugar and uh, maple syrup from time to time. Yeah. And I want to, when we close out in a few minutes, I want to definitely have you describe your program to us and where we can find you. And you guys are going to totally love her reels. I mean, no pressure, Julia, but they are hilarious, very occasional, but also cuter than cute. I love all of them. Every one of them makes me like laugh, but I always learn something. So it's very entertaining. And so you'll give us your Instagram, I hope, and any other place that we can find you. But first I want to ask you one more question. Because like me, other people may wonder, like, is it okay to eat fruit? Like, isn't fruit, I know fruit's got natural sugar, but you know, some people say, doctors say, don't eat so much fruit, you're going to raise your blood, blood glucose, especially if you have diabetes or some kind of pre-diabetes or something where you, you know, have to watch your sugar count. Do you mm -hmm. have the skinny on that or what's the story there? Can you 
tell us that succinctly. I'm sorry, that's a little added one, but I thought about it in the terms of the sweeteners. Yeah, no, no worries. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually reading a really interesting book that I can recommend in that aspect. It's called Proteinaholic. And how um, our obsession with meat messes up our body or something like that. I don't know. But it's definitely called Proteinaholic. It's from Dr. Davis, I believe. But I can send you the information later. Um, It's really interesting what he talks about when he talks about uh, diabetes. Because he has a complete different approach than um, most... doctors out there and he talks about insulin uh, resistance and how actually the fat is responsible for um, type 2 diabetes and not the sugar so to to quickly explain it it basically means that if we continue eating the amount of fat in in meat in dairy or these like butter and all these animal products and um chips, etc. They basically push fat into our cells, into our muscle cells, which makes the cell be so filled with fat that no sugar, no glucose can be entered. And so that's actually the the reason for the um for the huge amount of glucose in our body because our body is created to um, deal with, um, with glucose in our, in our, um, system, you know, glucose is our body's preferred source of, um, energy. So it's a very, um, a tricky, um, situation that the, um, mainstream, um what's it called mainstream uh hmm. mainstream <laughs> i can't i can't find the word um, um cultural mentality or something or yeah something like that you know we could talk about this for so long why why there's such a hype about carbs why there's such a why, why carbs? Why carbs are always the bad, the bad person? But he basically he researched. He he was um, going into all these different countries trying to find out why there are such low rates of type two diabetes in, in different areas of this world, even though they were consuming a bunch of rice, bunch of sweet potato, bunch of carbs all the time, and in the end the reason why they did not have the type 2 diabetes, um, such high amounts of type 2 diabetes was because they barely ate meat. They barely consumed any animal products. And so to go back to your question, which was um, a pretty long explanation, but it's, it's, it just fits very well because I'm reading this book right now. And he is a, he is a, he brings so much science into this. So it's, it's a really interesting book to read. Um, but yeah, so you don't have to worry about fruit uh, or any other whole carbs because fruit bring a lot of fiber too. So they are not going to spike your, your blood sugar as um, wide refined uh, table sugar would do. 
And another study that I was reading about, um, also from uh, my beloved Dr. Greger, he was actually showing that consuming blueberries with white refined table sugar, even that decreases the spike of ta- uh, white refined table sugar. So in the end, the fruit was actually dropping the spike. So there is no reason for you or for anyone else, even with type 2 diabetes, to cut out um fruit out of their diet. No reason at all. Mm, I love that. So like, it's almost like the, the protein, the animal fat, plus like if you have the refined sugar, cause you know, the sugar itself can create, you know, triglycerides and, and other fat, you know, they get stored as fat if it's not used and table sugar itself doesn't have any nutritional value whatsoever. And it's simply just poisonous for our bodies. So but the fruit itself has the fiber and the nutrients and the body needs glucose. So that's the kind of glucose it needs. It doesn't need a Snickers bar. It needs apple. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And then the meat itself just creates the, the inability for the glucose to enter the cells and the, the cells need the glucose. So I'm just making sure I'm getting this. Okay. percent. <laughs> Got it right. And also, um, when you're not feeding your body the glucose that it wants, we, we talked about this earlier, <laughs> your body is not going to give up because it wants it. And your body is really, really smart. So to access the glucose out of fruit takes a little bit longer than to access some, for example, the sugar in a Snickers bar, because there's fiber, there's nutrients, like you said, and the body has to break down um, and stripe stripe off the fiber and the nutrients first from the glucose before it can enter the blood into the bloodstream and your body knows that so if you continue to not feed your body the fruit then it sooner or later is going to give you the signal okay then give me a sneakers bar <laughs> yeah absolutely it's, it's it's smart it's gonna go for what's quickest the quickest energy right even if it's not good energy gosh i love this conversation and i could talk to you about it for three days straight so um <laughs> we'll probably have to stop doing that now but i hope i mean i just think everything you said was so relevant and helpful and i just love that you've gotten to this place of self-love within yourself and that it's just continuing to help you have this relationship and and just seek out more whole foods in, in your life and and that you're such an example for people. And um, let's tell us a little bit about your program and where we can find you and all that good stuff. And yeah, where can we find you? What's your program about? Okay, so my program is called Whole. It's, it's literally a liberation from everything we talked about. And it's bringing you back to your roots. It's connecting you to your wholeness, to your body. So without your body, you're not whole. And to reconnect with your body, it makes you whole. That's why I named my program Whole. And it's a 12-week program. It's all about mindset work. That's where, where we will start. It's everything that I talked about earlier today, you know, understanding why your body gets confused with these kind of foods, what it does to your body, why your booty, your booty, <laughs> your body is doing the things that it's doing. Um, you le- you will learn your body's language. You know you will understand everything in in regards to your body's physiology. There's so much to learn about our body. It's basically like a language course. If you sign up for 
Portuguese or Spanish, you sign up for the body language so that, you know, what is important for me is that it's not just another program for you that you get reliant on, that you get hooked on, that you need more and more of. It's a program that sets you up for being able to nourish your body, treat your body independently. You will know what to do after this program. And maybe after 12 weeks, it it always depends on your situation. I'm not going to promise you anything here, but maybe after 12 weeks, like Kristen said, you will not be at a point where you, you are, um, you know, able to um, nourish your body completely with whole, with a whole food plant-based diet simply because you're not there from the aspect that you say I love my body so much that's why I need to to nourish it the right way now and that is okay it takes time just don't put the pressure on you that you have to be there after 12 weeks there is the opportunity to do another program with me there's another there's the opportunity that you just let go like Kristen did and you continue your path pretty much by yourself and um, you will get there by yourself. Um, there are plenty of options, um, you know, but that is not really something you have to think about um, right now. It's just a heads up so that you don't get the wrong idea and think within 12 weeks, everything will be healed. Now, you know, we, we, we're living in a world where you're bombarded with the idea that your looks is the most important thing about you. There's a lot of reprogramming that needs to be done, but this program is the first step in the right direction. The, the foundation for becoming whole again, the foundation to become independent, to know what what your worth is, what you're about, what your body is about, and to you know be able to go on Instagram and think oh, I couldn't care less. Yeah, that is that's what my program is about. You can find me. You can find all the details on the um, on my website. It's service minus metamorphosis dot de. Um, but I'm sure Kristen is going to put that into the information box. So um, you will, you can find me on Instagram under the.wholesome.goji. And I am creating a YouTube channel, which will have the same name. It's also called the.wholesome.goji, where you will learn more about everything we talked about today, body language, um, ultra-processed diet, whole food, plant-based diet. And uh, yeah, I am... Looking forward to see you all there. I'm looking forward to connect with you all. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it, Kristen. (laughs) That is pretty amazing. Um, One last question. Do you have any kind of offer for our audience if they go and uh, sign up with you? Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. So um, when you come with the Try Self Love code, you'll get a 10% off. And since Kristen is such a good friend of mine, there's no expiration date on, on this uh, code. So whenever you hear this uh, podcast episode, just um, hit me up with the Try Self Love code. We um, can set up a free call. The first call is always free. So um, 
no strings attached, just um, let's talk and see um, what's possible for you. That's, that's amazing. I love that. And thank you for offering that for our audience. Um, honestly, you guys will not be sorry if you do contact Julia. And I, I'm not just saying that because she's my friend. I didn't know for one, you know, for personal, from personal experience that she is an amazing coach, as I've mentioned about 12 times in this <laughs> uh, podcast already. But, um, you know, when somebody helps you transform your life in such a way that's so, you know, life-changing and transformative, you really appreciate them and you really, really value them. And you just want to scream from the rooftops. You've got to see this person. You've got to work with her. And that's how I feel about you, Julia. I mean, you just honestly have, you have it and you, and I just, um, you know, you've helped me change my life because my body issues have been so huge for me in my life and such a really difficult, painful experience. And just knowing that I, there's the ability now to like love myself and that I'm doing it, it my body, you know, and loving my body as just this part of me that's so relevant, important, and special is just such a shift. Because, like I said earlier, and I keep saying, once I learn to love that, it makes sense to do the other things. And yeah, then my weight will, you know, go down, or, you know, I'll have more energy to do the things I love. And be, be a better mother and a better friend and, you know, just enjoy my life better because I can, I won't be so stiff and sore as I'm getting older. It's just, you know, doing the quick fix diet thing is so harmful as you described. And it's so deflating. It's like, you feel so lacking in self-worth when every time you try to do this diet and you come up against that wall you, and you feel like such a failure, you know, like how come I'm eating the way they say to eat and I still can't lose this weight and I can't continue this diet. Cause I feel like a rabbit and I don't want to eat lettuce all day. And you know, I want to have some vibrance and some good stuff in me too, or, you know, like some, some stuff that makes me feel energized because eating lettuce for me all day does not make me feel energized. So, you know, it's about finding the foods that work for you as well. So Go see Julia. Go see Julia. <laughs> Go see Julia. Okay. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see your website. I, you told me earlier that it's new. So I'm excited. I'm going to check it out. So we will have all of this information in the, the notes, the show notes, including the studies or the books that she referred to, um, the authors uh, who who she described in the studies and um, in the books. So just wait for that. Wait for the notes. But thank you so much, Julia. Is there any last, uh, any last thing you want to share before we go today um yeah one more thing is um I, I don't I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier but you don't have to love your looks in order to love your body that's a last drop I want to to bring in it's just I think I did actually say that because I am not a hundred percent in love with my looks all the time either but it's just you don't you know in order to sign up for my program, you don't have to, to think that you're going to love your looks and that that is a necessity. It's not. It is a part that comes because you will learn that your looks are detached from, from the rest and that it's just a society-based obsession that... Um, has nothing to do with the true love, the true unconditional love for your body. Because unconditional, like it says, is unconditional. It's not um, dependent on your looks. And that is a part of the program that you will um, understand. 
And that is very freeing and very beautiful. And I can't wait to talk to y'all. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. I, of course, like, I love that you said that because that is such a big part of it for so many of us is like, I have to love the way I look in order to love myself and love my body and, and know, like you start to appreciate this is, this is how I look, take it or leave it. I mean, this is who I am, you know? Um, and that's amazing. So thanks for putting that in there too. I think that's really important. So thank you again so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And, um, I can't wait for this, uh, from our, our audience to hear this and yeah, just, just hear about how you're continuing to grow and change and evolve and everybody check her out and see if you can use her coaching. I think you guys would love her. So have a wonderful day, everyone. Thanks so much, Julia. We so appreciate it and um, have a good, have a good day. We'll talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.